Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, and welcome in the big Sunday, Jay Binkley. Grant Nicholson producing. No Chiefs game today, so we get to do this. Dusty Likens, if you just listen to the Fantasy Football Show. Fantasy Football Sundays, I know I listen to it each and every week. Hope you do too. Puts a lot of work into that. What's up, Grant? What's up, Bink? How are you? The number one seeds. What's up with me, man? Yes, sir. Feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, there was a lot of talk about it last night, but the Chiefs were in that position you know, before that game, and they stay in that game in the same position when the Patriots lose. But what is it about the Colts and always sweating when they're playing? Now, listen, they were up 20 to nothing. <laughs> that lead evaporated quick. They just were, the Patriots ran out of time. It was nice to see Jonathan Taylor kind of put the nail in the coffin there with that 67-yard run to just make sure New England wasn't going to come back and win that game. Is that a concern there for a minute? Because the Colts and how they keep melting down and losing games? They lose games in epic fashion. They've blown three leads this year. They blew that 19-point lead to the Ravens in the second half. They had a lead three separate times against the Titans and found a way to lose that one. And I was thinking, ah, could the Colts lose this one too because the Chiefs needed that Colts win. Now, it's all eyes on the Pittsburgh Steelers beating the Tennessee Titans. Because if the Titans win, yes, the Titans go back up to the number one seed. Do the tiebreaker with the Chiefs. Both of them would be 10 and 4, but the Titans would be the number one seed. The Chiefs would move to number two seed. But put it this way, Grant, if the Steelers beat the Titans, then the Chiefs control their own destiny. Control their own destiny. So, yes, rooting for the Steelers today. And the Chiefs had the Steelers next weekend. It's kind of weird how these things work out, but it's the NFL, Grant. I think a lot of times. A lot of times people are uh, quick to make judgments on teams and games. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but ex-NFL team falls down 14 to nothing, and it's, oh, they suck. Oh, there's mass panic. There's mass hysteria. Via Twitter, social media, if you're on that, because I think a lot of people are just sitting home watching the game, but they're probably feeling the same thing. They're just not tweeting it. But what always happens? The NFL, it's not over until it's over, man. The games are not over until it's finally over. Seen so many comebacks. I mean, look at that Chiefs-Chargers game. That was back and forth. The Chiefs had this 10-0 lead. Things look great. Then all of a sudden, the Chargers, you know, seize command at 14-10. And then they're moving the football at will, but they're just not putting points up. They're, you know, Chiefs are bending, but not breaking on defense. Then the Chiefs end up with the victory. But then funny how we kind of rush to uh, snap judgments when it comes to NFL and NFL games. Because I feel like this Chiefs team... There's been a lot of snap judgments on this team all season long. Fair or unfair, I believe the Chiefs have gotten the roll into the stick national media-wise. 
Oh, they're broken. Oh, they're not fixable. How down were you on the Chiefs? Did you still believe when they were three and four? I absolutely still believed. I've got the receipts to prove it. There's me and my friend have a, a Twitter DM exchange where it's like, so you got the receipts to prove yeah, it. I all like year that. long. It's like, why would I? I you, I trust Patrick Mahomes like implicitly. Like you just have to trust him. He's done so many times. He's come back from times where he couldn't come back. And when they went to the Super Bowl, they came back in every single game. So I don't know. I it's, was never it's who that they concerned. are. That's one thing we learned about the Chiefs. That 2019 playoff run. You know, down 24 nothing, like you said, the Texans, and they come back and win. They faced a double digit lead each each game throughout the postseason. But I think a lot of people rested once the Chiefs came back against the Texans. I know I did when they were down the Titans. I was like, it's chill, man. It's chill. We're, we're, they're still in it. You know, and then when they're down the Niners and the Super Bowl, I was like, man, just, just chill for a second. They're, they're, they're going to win this game. Because I always felt that way. But there's been times this year, you know, with the way the offense has played, we kind of doubt, okay, can they come back? Can they come back? That starts creeping in your mind. Can they do it? You, you balance the uh, fine line. I know I have, you know, with this team. I still believed in them at three and four. And. I guess the receipts would be audio receipts, uh, just things you say. Because people ask you, because you teeter on between being a homer and do you believe in the team, right? I would felt this team. Again, Chiefs are the king of the hill. you got to knock them off. Swing, but just a better not miss. I always get that quote mixed up, but Omar from The Wire. But the Chiefs were there. They just didn't land the knockout punch. I mean, you watch a lot of boxing. Heck, one of the Pauls knocked out uh, Woodley last night. How many fights have you seen, MMA-wise or boxing, and someone's on the ropes, then the bell rings, then they get their second wind or whatever, then they come back and win? Well, that's the Chiefs, man. They were, they were knocked around a little bit there at three and four. The bell rung, they go back to their corner, and they come out fighting. You had the chance to knock them down, and they couldn't do it. Cleveland had the chief, a chance to really hurt the Chiefs in game one, but they couldn't do it. Teams just find a way to play like golfers did against Tiger Woods. Like the Tigers' heyday. I know he and Charlie are going to the, his son in the PNC today, which is a fun uh, golf tournament, but that's where the Chiefs are. You think you have them knocked out, and you don't have them knocked out. I mean, his team's been to three straight AFC title games. Could be four, because again, if the Titans lose today, the Chiefs literally control their own destiny the rest of the season. It's in their hands. They don't have to worry about other teams. That's the best thing in football when you don't have to worry about what other teams are doing. And you just have to worry about, as teams say, we have to worry about what we do and take care of business. That's the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, when this team was three and four, I mean, it's amazing the snap judgments on this team. And the Chiefs have seen it. And I don't know if it's helped to propel them or not. I'm always curious in that motivation factor. I, I do believe getting told how good you are can be just as dangerous, even more dangerous than being told you suck. This defense responded everywhere they could turn, radio, TV, you name it. Everybody's talking about how bad this defense was. And the defense was playing bad. I mean, statistically, the first three or four games, this defense was bad. Yeah, they kind of hit that light switch a week before Melvin Ingram came to town, and it's been 100% different since Melvin Ingram's been here. But just the amount of crap that the Chiefs were getting from people. And one thing I really enjoyed after the Chargers game was when Michael Irvin was with Travis Kelsey after the game. Did you happen to see that? Because Michael Irvin had a chance to talk to Travis Kelsey after Travis Kelsey's walk-off. Don't forget, this is Michael Irvin a few weeks ago. They went back-to-back Super Bowls. That's right. what we're playing. So now you got to match that intensity when you have all the doubt that you have. I remember Dion coming in that room one day when we were talking. We had just lost another game. And he's like, Mike, we got to do something about it. I looked at him. I said, Ty, 
it's over. Yeah. The dynasty is over. That dynasty right now as we know it, the Kansas City Chiefs, it's over. They will not get to the playoffs this year. Nobody's even talking about their schedule. I didn't even get they to the playoffs. About these next four games going into the bye at one and three. They can lose these next four. They, they, they got a tough their next schedule four? coming up. They got New York. Then they got Green Bay, Las Vegas, and Dallas. They can lose <laughs> yeah. all three of those games. That that is they, didn't, they didn't. Obviously, Jordan Love played for the Packers, but you know what? This is the NFL in 2021. Look, look at what's going on. Teams are missing players right and left. Jimmy Smith and the Ravens, he's down today, too. Score. They, they're all, all their corners. You know, Marcus Peters hurt before the season. Marlon Humphrey just got hurt for the season. But this is what you have to deal with COVID. Said they weren't even going to make the playoffs. This, this is the talk for the Kansas City Chiefs as they sit here with the number one seed in the AFC. It was fun when uh, Kelsey got a chance to talk to Michael Irvin after the Chargers game. Wait, wait, wait. Let's go back to that. What do you mean you sick of all the haters on 1-5, the real deal? What, what are you I heard guys some guys, in the locker room? I heard some guys saying we weren't going to make the playoffs. I heard some I guys saying 1-5 <laughs> isn't the, the best quarterback in the league. You know, it's just uh, it's a lot of love for everybody on this team for fighting through adversity tonight and getting the win. So there you have it with the Michael Irvin. And a uh, phone line, by the way, is 913-576. 7610. Same with the Jay Southland Toast Service text line 913-576-7610. Did you have doubts? Did you have doubts or did you think, okay, this team's going to rebound? Or did you start to worry a little bit? They're three and four. You know, they, they had the losses. Did you think, okay, they make the playoffs? Did you think, okay, can they actually get to the postseason? They have the number one seed now. But the haters were there and it was real. I certainly was surprised with the way the defense was playing because I did not see that at all up in St. Joe. But the amount of hate, it's been funny with this team, even their supporters. This is a couple weeks ago after the Broncos game. After the Chiefs won their fifth straight against the Broncos a couple weeks ago, it was Shannon Sharp who's always been on their bandwagon. This offense is a shell of what we remember it to be. Now, the defense played okay, but the Broncos had over 400 yards total offense. They couldn't talk, tackle Javante Williams. Mm-mm. He got whatever he wanted, whatever it was. He was just running through tackle after tackle after tackle. So for me, no, they can't. Look, they beat the Giants, really. They beat Green Bay with Jordan Love. They beat the Raiders. Think they got the Raiders again coming up. Cowboys and the Broncos. Nah, mm. they can't get back to the Super Bowl. Really? No. And that is your preseason pick. That was my preseason picks. Yeah, to win absolutely. it all. Yep. Correct. Mm-hmm. So you're done with them. I'm, I'm not done, but I don't believe they can get back, given the what I've seen thus far. Skip, this is not a one game. This is not two games. No. Nope. This is a season. I've seen more games like what they played last night as opposed to more games than what I saw against Philly and Washington. Hmm. Then what happened? Then what happened? I can't imagine saying those thoughts after, at that point, they had won, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four. They'd won four straight after that point, or five straight after that point. But what were your feelings on the Kansas City Chiefs? Because... You know, it's different. Do you you like this team now? I mean, do you like this team now? I mean, the other team that uh, I really liked in the AFC was the Patriots. They lost last night. Now, I'm not going to put a ton of stock into that because I think the Colts are a good team set before the season. I think it's a tough team if they can figure out how to win games at the end. And Carson Wentz can be consistent for the team because Jonathan Taylor is an absolute beast. And I love that offensive line. And I like the front office, Chris Ballard, who was in the Chiefs front office. There's a lot of reasons to really like that team. And, you know, you get into the postseason. Could the Colts beat a team? Absolutely. That Colts team last night, that could be a dangerous team in the postseason. 100%. And the Patriots, yeah, 
They, they got beat last night, but we'll see. They play the Bills next. You know, there's a second chance. They had the three pass attempts in Buffalo and beat them. But still, that's the AFC. It's so inconsistent. Are the, are the Patriots up there is one of the best? Absolutely, 100%. I know they lost last night, but that's the NFL. Teams lose, but the Chiefs are <laughs> sitting at the one seed right now. That's why it's uh, hoping for a Steelers win so the Chiefs can control their own destiny. Let's go to Stephen and Lenex, who's always sunshine. What's up, Stephen? Hey, man, how's it going? It's going good, my man. All right. Well, you guys are the one A seed or the two seed right now. The one so, seed, uh, Stephen. The one seed, actually. Uh, you, you you had a pretty good win against a rookie quarterback that, and they basically gave the game away because they wouldn't kick a kick a field goal. For but you know what, Stephen? It's all fair. It's all fair in football, man. That's the way they won the play. <laughs> That's the way they lost. Well, when you play a real man like Ben Roethlisberger, and now they're just <laughs> quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the team that tied the Lions? <laughs> you mean well, the team that tied the Lions, the Steelers? That let's team. Let's not focus on the past. Let's let's not focus on the past. Let's focus on the on the future. Which Stephen, is, you've been one of the biggest haters out there, and I heard you calling the Dusty the other night, and you were you were talking. You said something that made me absolutely hundred percent aggravated when you said the word <laughs> soft, because that is a hundred percent not. No, no, the Chiefs are not. Like in the, in before, in the last couple of years, you want to say finesse because that was the word on the Kansas City Chiefs. But with Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey, those guys want to pancake you. There's nothing soft about that. There's nothing soft about this defense or when Melvin Ingram or Chris Jones hit somebody or when Okafor right. lit up Derek Carr. That is not soft. Now, you cannot make that, that saying with the Kansas City Chiefs. Like That is one word you can't say about this team. To, to, to clarify, for clarification, what I said is, the offensive players, the playmakers, are soft. That are not named Kelsey and Hill and and Mahomes. They're soft as Charmin. They may have been upgraded to maybe three or four or five. But are you, after, you but every, are you talking about the offensive line? You talk about whatever? Because I mean, I look no, at guys like Byron Pringle. He's not soft. I mean, he guy wants to hit you. I, I I'm saying that they they cannot do their most of the time they they were still dropping balls they still weren't doing their job right so so as long as you can get another threat besides Hill and 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 Kelsey you know you're still going to lose in the playoffs to to the Indianapolis Colts or uh, that's the team that I forgot or the Patriots someone that can run the ball and control the clock. But what makes you think that though, Steve? And what makes you think that though? I'm curious why people think that though, because yeah, it's out there. Any team can beat any team in the NFL. It's football. That's, that's just what happens in football. But you know, they've had their chance. Teams have had their chance the last two years. And they haven't done it. I mean, they've gone They're the only team that's gone yeah. to the Super Bowl the last two years. They went all the way to the AFC oh, title dude. game and were D Ford offsides from going to the Super Bowl that year. So, right, yeah. I'll give you the solution. I'll give you. I mean, I offer problems, but I also offer great solutions. What's your solution? If you guys had one competent running back that was that that had some beef on him, like Frank Gore, get him out of the boxing ring and get Frank Gore out of retirement. If you had one competent heavy running back, you guys would be almost unbeatable. You would be twenty. You would be what you want to be, which is which is a favorite to win the Super Bowl, and you might. You might go 20 and 0. Right now, you simply don't have the personnel to dominate. Well, Stephen, I, I disagree. Here's involved. the thing, Stephen. I disagree with you. They do have Daryl Williams is a nice complimentary piece to Clyde Edwards Lair. I mean, the, running the ball, they're doing fine. And even on the uh, you know one yard, you know, fourth and ones, that type of deal, they're putting the belldozer. And why not? I think it's pretty smart for Andy Reid doing that because you don't want the same knee situation that happened in Denver with Petra Mahomes. And the belldozer was a quarterback. That's what he did at Oklahoma. He's good at those short yardage runs. 
It's what he does. I think it's pretty genius what the Chiefs do. But, yeah, you can't have a full team. I mean, you can't have everything you want. You can't have a Derrick Henry in the backfield and have the talent you do. I mean, the Chiefs are loaded with Canton guys. They're loaded with potential Hall of Famers and surefire Hall of Famers, 100% guaranteed lock, greatest of all time. And Travis Kelsey at tight end and Andy Reid, he's, he might as well start working on his bust for the Hall of Fame because he's going in there and – who, who knows the rest of the story with Patrick Mahomes? I mean, we, we don't know. I mean, is he Canton bound to me? I tend to think he, he is. And Tyreek Hill, you could be very easily talk about Tyreek Hill being in Canton, Ohio as well. But uh, can't have everything. This year, I do think they go playmaker in the draft, a wide receiver. Certainly a lot of guys are kind of going to be falling in that area where the Chiefs are going to be drafting. I mean, a Traylon Burks at Arkansas, I like before the season. Who knows what's going to happen to him? The Chiefs are going to be drafted at the end of the first round again. We, we know that's going to happen, but yeah, they'll get some pieces around this team. Batman, hold on the line. If you want to call in 913-576-7610, I've got uh, 1030. I've got uh, Ron Coffer, head pride coming on. Nick Schwartz, you hear him 10 to 2 with uh, Cody and Gold. He's coming in to uh, bloviate about the Kansas City Chiefs as well. Take your calls next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Something happened in last night's game, Grant. Did you uh, watch the uh, Patriots and Colts? Uh, yeah, I watched most of it. The second half, mainly. Supposed to have a doubleheader yesterday, but the Browns King got moved. But it's a good game. It was a fun game to watch for Kansas City Chiefs fans. There was a moment there Carson Wentz was really mad at Matt Judon of the Patriots. You know why he was mad? Uh, I mean, I he was real it. mad. I saw, the, I saw why he was mad, but I, I can't oh, I'd be why. mad as well. I'd be mad as well. Wentz said that after the game that... Uh, Judon took a cheap shot in a place where a man least wants to get a cheap shot. He goes, don't need to get into specifics, obviously, but a man's ability to reproduce is being in question. There's some extracurriculars. Guys' hands need to be at their side, Wentz said. Let's just say that. When that happens, you can get pretty riled up. Judon hit him with a twig and berries, man. But that happens a lot in football. Yeah. Now we're in a cup, Carson Wentz. I mean, he must have been, but he said Judon was going straight for the, straight for the jewels, man. I mean, I can I can understand him being pissed, but this, ah, this is what happens too. in the NFL, though. But yeah, Carson Wentz was getting uh, 
shot in there. Some stuff is off limits, man. Come on. <laughs> it's not a street fight. There are rules. <laughs> Evidently, that's what Judon was going that's why Carson Wentz was so riled up. And to be honest with you, Carson, I got your back on that. I mean, no, no man wants to be wants to be hit there. It can be quite painful. Batman, what's up? Thank you, man. Merry Christmas. Merry yes, Christmas to you. Station on the planet and, and to, to, to the Chief Kingdom. You know, it figures that I'd follow a weasel like Steve. But uh, I'll tell you, Einstein's like him. We're sitting outside right now putting on some tan lotion and to get a suntan. The, the Steve... You got to see the display of the goats, Travis. We've got the most dangerous team that that could be left in the playoffs. We're going to establish number one tonight, and I guarantee it that the Chiefs team's going to the whole thing's going to go through Arrowhead just like it did before. And we're going to take another one, thinking I'm going to drink gravy with you, my brother. <laughs> you know what? You know what, Batman? It's one of those things. I mean. I'm, I'm, you know, 48 years old. I did not live through an AFC title game in Kansas City because they played that one in Buffalo with Joe Montana and company. That's it. And then to sit here and have three straight AFC title games and maybe four, it's like a dream come true. Like, is, am, I, am I alive? Is this really happening in our town? A dream come true is having you guys cover it. You're the best coverage that we could possibly have you rock. Well, it, it, uh, appreciate the compliment, Batman. Appreciate that very much, and Merry Christmas to you and your family as well. I know Batman's a really good caller to Red Reaction with Dusty Likens. It's back on uh, tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. Uh, Chiefs Kingdom on at 6 with Mitch Holtis. That'll be, uh, that'll be really fun, actually. Mitch's calls are outstanding. I don't know if, I don't know if you get a chance to, to hear him, but the call his, his calls are always great, but this week, that walk-off, I mean, come on. I'll bring that up later because uh, I love those calls a ton. We do a lot. We spotlight that. In the postgame show with uh, Touchdown Kansas City with the the voice of Mitch Holtis. Then I'll be on with Nate Taylor right before Red Reaction with Dusty and Nick tomorrow night. So if you have those takes on the Chiefs, and there's going to be some moving and shaking going on. Of course, that Steelers Titans game looms large because, again, the Titans win. They're back in the one seed. Chiefs go back to the two seed. So the Super Bowl would go through Nashville at that point. But, I mean, the, if the Chiefs are the two seed, it could very easily still be at Arrowhead Stadium, to be honest with you, Grant, because that means the Titans would have to win their first playoff game, which the way teams are playing right now and the way the Titans are playing now, if they get Derrick Henry back, which they could maybe for the postseason, but what's his effectiveness going to be? I mean, you've been gone this long with the foot. I mean, do you think it's still the Derrick Henry that we all know and love at this point, or does he need to regroup, have the offseason and come back and terrorize next week. He's got a lot of wear and tear on those wheels. A lot of wear and tear on those wheels. It's tough to say. I mean, I can't. I mean, I I wouldn't be able to know. I'm not that concerned about the Titans, though, even if he does come back and he's uh, mostly what he used to be. I, I, the Titans just don't scare me that much, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, they, they did handle the Chiefs, and they handled them quite well. But the thing was, the Chiefs went out, they tried to stop Derrick Henry, which they did. They kept him they really kept him in check, but it was it was Ryan Tannehill on the play action, eight of nine for one sixty five on the play action. Give another crack, get him again. And Mitch talks about all the time. Andy Reid in rematches. It's unbelievable how good he is in the rematches. And of course, the Chiefs still do have the Broncos at the Broncos. The Broncos, by the way, with a win today um, over the Bengals. If the Bengals win the game, the Bengals go to the seventh seed. The Chargers are the sixth seed, but let's say the Broncos beat the Bengals. The Broncos are now your sixth seed. The Chargers are your seventh seed because they played each other. They do play each other again in Los Angeles. If the Broncos beat the Chargers, 
in Denver. So you would have three AFC West teams if Denver wins. But again, it's still got games to be played. Well, is Denver a playoff team? I mean, the Chiefs like might have something to say about that and might be able to knock them out when they do play them again. But the Denver Broncos at this point are the sixth seed. I like the roster. I like the direction they're going. I'll get into that a little bit more as far as the AFC West is concerned going forward, which rosters I, I like the best. And Denver's certainly there. I think there's still the quarterback situation in the head coaching situation. There's two glaring things that they could be a good team. They can they can battle. They can battle for nine wins or ten wins. But is that really a Super Bowl team without those two positions being switched? I don't think so. Can they be a good team with those? A serviceable team? A team that, you know, muddles around 500? They'd be eight and six. They beat the Bengals tonight. You know, what's the ceiling for them with Bridgewater, who's on a one-year contract, and Vic Fangio? It was a great defensive mind, but you got to question the offense stuff. They still don't score points with that roster. You know, with Judy and Sutland and Patrick and Javante Williams, they have trouble putting the points on the board. I think that comes down to Pat Sherman, their offensive coordinator, and their head coach, Vic Fangio. But I digress. We'll get into that in a little bit uh, with Nick next hour. But coming up next, Ron Kopp, lead analyst from MuroheadPride.com. He buying into this one seat at this point. We'll talk to him next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Hey, welcome back to Big Sunday. No Chiefs today, but doesn't mean the Chiefs aren't in your thoughts. This is like a mini bye week. Complete mini bye week. Talk to Ron Cop, lead analyst, arrowheadpride.com. Follow him on Twitter at Ron underscore Cop, K O P P. Join me uh, last week in studio for the uh, Arrowhead Pride radio on Wednesday night. We talk to him every Wednesday night, as a matter of fact. What's up, Ron? Yeah. Uh... Ever since I got, came in studio with the Jay, nothing has gone wrong for the Chiefs. So I think uh, that that shows you something. I think that tells you something right there. Hey, it's, I'm, a, I'm a superstitious <laughs> guy, Ron. So I, I got to keep this up, man. I got to talk yeah. to you whenever. Did you enjoy the uh, Colts Patriots game last night? Yeah, man. You know, it kind of went like you'd expect it to. And one of those teams are both similar in terms of if one of them gets out to a, a lead like the Colts did with the 14 nothing, you know, the block punt. We're probably going to have a good time, you know, coasting and kind of finishing it off. Uh, you know, the other team isn't, you know, whichever team fell behind in that scenario just wouldn't be as great at maybe coming back. I think the Colts are more equipped because I think Carson Wentz, you know, is more of a big play threat than Mac Jones. But, yeah, as soon as Colts got out that big lead, it kind of felt like, you know, it was, it was a huge up, uphill climb for the Patriots. And that's exactly what I've kind of been saying. You know, once we get to the playoffs, I don't know how particular worried I am about the Patriots because it's still a rookie quarterback, man. I know they're a really good team around him, but – 
you know, he's, and he's going to be a good player in this league. You can already tell, but he's a rookie quarterback, and he kind of showed last night, you know, how that can come to fruition. Did you bite it all, though, because he did make some throws down the stretch when they tipped that comeback? Ended up throwing for 299 in the game. Still made some rookie quarterback mistakes, but – you know, I look at Tom Brady in the first year he was there. I mean, his numbers are better than Tom's that first Super Bowl they won because they won on their defense. So what did we learn last night? Maybe the Patriots aren't as good as we thought. I, I still think this is a very good football team. And uh, and they played it, you know, in Indianapolis. They were pumped up. They won the win. Frank Reich, obviously a lot of success against Belichick going back to when he was offensive coordinator in Philly and beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Or do we learn that the Colts can be a really pesky, scary team when given the opportunity, and they're kind of built for January, you know, with Jonathan Taylor pounding the rock. Now, Carson Wentz, they, <laughs> they limited. I mean, he had five <laughs> completions last night, five. They had they had 29 carries by Jonathan Taylor. That's the recipe they need, 12 tap pass attempts by Carson Wentz. But did we learn anything about maybe the Colts being a little scared team? Because to me, they could be a season ender for a very good team in the postseason. No, exactly. I think that was the main thing from last night is that as much as Chiefs fans are rooting for that one seed, and, and rightfully so, right, that's the most important thing right now. But, yeah, you're, you're also at the same time rooting for the Colts to win when they still have, you know, obviously an uphill battle to climb to get into the playoffs with all the AFC teams. They'd be a team I definitely wouldn't mind if they somehow missed the playoffs because, like you're saying, man, they have the run game. They have a, a playmaking defense that can, that can step up when they need to. And then, obviously, Frank Reich is just a really good coach. So, I think, all you know, that combo. That's why I, I actually, you know, I, I kind of had a feeling the Colts had a good chance last night because they're both coming off bye weeks. I think everyone saw Bill Belichick coming off a of bye week. That's, a you know, a huge advantage. But so was Frank Reich. And you could tell he had a, a good game plan. You know, don't let Carson Wentz do too much because, obviously, when you let him throw too much, you see what happens. He throws it, you know, a, a, an awful throw, at that interception towards the end. I just – you can't even imagine what he was trying to do with that pass. So, um, yeah, so that's the downside of them is that Carson Wentz can be Carson Wentz, but the team around him is so good. And he does have that big playability where, you know, he's a volatile quarterback, but when he's on, man, he can make a huge play and can really be a difference maker. So, yeah, the Colts are a scary team in the AFC playoffs. I mean, they lost that 19-point lead against the Ravens in the third quarter. They had a 14 nothing lead on the Titans. They actually had three different leads in that game. Then they had that uh, Carson Wentz silly interception that was returned for a quick touchdown. In that game, I mean, they lost the game by three, but that was a game that they could have won. So, yeah, I think we learned a little about both teams, actually. And the Colts proved to be a pesky team. And, Ron, so as we sit right now, as we did after the Chiefs beat the Chargers, they were the number one seed then. They held on to that last night uh, by when the Patriots lost the game. Now it's about holding on to it if the Tennessee Titans lose today to the Pittsburgh Steelers, which could happen. I mean, you look at Tennessee's remaining schedule at the Steelers today. And then home against the 49ers. 49ers been playing some good football lately. They're currently in the postseason from the NFC. Then the Dolphins. The Dolphins have been on a winning streak themselves. And then at the Texans, which that's the gimme game. You don't want to come in down to there and hoping for a Texans win. Because at that point, Texans are, you know, be tanking for draft pick. At that point, a win would do them no good. But I am curious, Ron, your thoughts of the Chiefs if – if they get the number one seed, do you expect Tennessee to lose today to the Steelers? And if so, the Chiefs control their own destiny. Can they hold on to it? Yeah, so the Titans obviously are one of those teams where right now without, you know, they have a lot of, they've had a lot of injuries most of the year, you know, obviously no Derrick Henry now. And they're in that position where, yeah, you, you mentioned there's a few good teams, so they could kind of slide all the way down. And they're a team you really kind of hope 
slides out of the playoff picture because Derrick Henry is still slated to come back. I think we all, you know, we may be all, you know, uh, maybe over, uh, you know, overlooking that a little bit um, as, a, as a, as a, you know, the Chiefs fandom kind of thinking about who we have to play in the playoffs because Derrick Henry is slated to come back sometime in January, I believe, and, and if he does come back for a playoff run, I mean, that all, and, and if they do, if they can get AJ Brown and Julio Jones healthy for a particular two or three week span in, in January with Derrick Henry back. I mean, that's all of a sudden a scary team, and that's the same team that, that, that whooped the Chiefs, you know, in the middle of the season. They haven't really been the same team since because they haven't had everyone with them. So, yeah, you hope until that Derrick Henry, you know, until that Derrick Henry injury kind of comes back, you kind of hope they, they start losing and just can't even get into the postseason and, and kind of slide out, which is very possible with all these other ASC teams fighting. So that's your main hope because, yeah, if they can't get all healthy in January, they're, they're a team that all of a sudden we kind of, you know, all rode off because of the injuries but they could come back and, and, and definitely be a, a team that could beat anybody in the AFC. Well, Julio Jones is back. A.J. Brown, of course, still on IR. He could come back. Julio Jones, though, I mean, he played 45% of the snaps back on the 12th in that game against Jacksonville. I mean, you look at his last four games he's played. Or see, you can go back and go six, 47 yards, 59, 38, 35, 33. He had that 128-yard performance, but then it was 29 yards before that. So he's had one game over – what, 60 yards this season? That was that 128, and that's it. So I don't know about his effectiveness. Ron, you coach football and, and stuff with Derrick Henry. Yeah, I know he's going to be coming back, but, you know, when you're out that long as he's been with that foot injury, like his effectiveness, I just can't see it nearly as effective when he was on that roll like he was in 2019 after he played the Chiefs because he had 100-yard performance in 2019 season before the Chiefs, and he took off and became who he is now and just this unstoppable force. But – like, I question how good he'd be at that point. Plus, the Chiefs' defense, much different than when they played the Tennessee Titans the the uh, the time in Nashville this year. So, I just think there's so many things that have changed since that game. Yeah, no, that's a good point about Derrick Henry in terms of he is a guy that really – he never starts out the season, although I think he did this year for the most part. But most of his career, it's really been – you know, he kind of gets it going as the, as, as the season kind of starts and, and towards the middle of the season. And all of a sudden, that last stretch – he just is churning out 150 yards, 175 yards a game. Um, he's always kind of been that way, and it's because, yeah, running back, I, I do think, you know, you have to get in a rhythm. I think we're seeing that in Kansas City right now with uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, although, you know, they couldn't get into much of a room Thursday night. That's another story. But, yeah, so I think that's a good point on them, but it's just one of those things where if they get healthy at the right time, you know, they, they you know, you, you see him in the playoffs maybe and you're, you're a little banged up on defense or, or something like, you know, hey, with this COVID thing, you never know. If they're missing the same kind of players they did – on Thursday night against the Titans, I think the Titans take advantage of that a lot more than the Chargers were able to on the ground and everything. So, yeah, it, it, it is interesting, but that's the thing. There's so many good teams in this AFC right now. Not great teams, not elite teams, just good teams. And it's such a clouded mess that, you know, a team like the Titans who are in the two seed right now, one loss today, and they could all of a sudden be completely out of the picture depending on what else happens. It just shows you the really wild inconsistencies of the AFC and look at the AFC West, Ron, in particular. Now that we've seen all the teams, uh, you've seen the Chargers twice at this point, you've seen the Raiders twice, uh, you've only seen the Broncos once. I said before the beginning of the year, I felt like the Broncos roster, like top to bottom, was better than the second best in the division. And that includes the Chargers. Obviously, the Chargers have a better quarterback, 100%, Justin Herbert. And I understand it's a, a tough position, but talent wise, I look at Denver's extremely talented team. They beat the Bengals today. They're in the playoffs at this point. I, I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback because I don't think that quarterback exists in this draft. 
and they've been the king of going out and getting like a Peyton Manning and, you know, won a Super Bowl going that direction. I think they'd be at the top of the market if Aaron Rodgers goes somewhere, which we don't know if he does. Maybe he's going to be happy in Green Bay. There's Deshaun Watson if he gets that thing cleared up. But Denver, to me, seems like that one quarterback away and then, of course, pair him with another head coach, an offensive-minded head coach. They could be a very scary team. Yeah, in the future for sure. And, and But also I think that's why they could just be that sneaky team that, you know, they, they can win those those tight games because they have such a uh, playmaking defense with, with guys at every level that can that can make plays. And then you know, on offense, you know, we talk about good run game. They're kind of putting it together more and more. I mean, they gash the Chiefs pretty good, and they've been gashing a lot of teams pretty good on the ground. Javante Williams, I said it over and over, but he's just the guy that I was not excited that Denver drafted in, you know, in April because yeah. you knew he was going to be a, a, a good playmaker, a really tough runner. Kind of reminds me of Kareem Hunt, honestly. And, and so that's, that's never a good thing when you're a division rival as a guy of that caliber. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where if they just kind of string together a few wins, you know, hey, it, you know, Cincinnati's not a, you know, not a, a for sure loss. You know, Cincinnati's played some good football this year, but Denver's defense can definitely – take advantage of something Cincinnati's offense does. And, yeah, they played the Chargers again, and we just saw them beat them by two scores. I know it was at home, but you never know. I mean, Denver, you know, Teddy just – if he could just play competent and the rest of everything around him goes as, as well as it could, they could be a team all of a sudden that sneaks into the playoff picture. But I agree with you. The reason they're able to is because they have such a good roster. And, man, in a, in, if this offseason, if, you know, Russell Wilson or you mentioned Aaron Rodgers wants to move around – Denver is a prime spot, and I could definitely see it being a Peyton Manning situation all over again where if that happens, they become an elite team, and then you know it's, it's us and them in the top of the division once again, and then the Chargers are there too. I mean, that would be an insane division all of a sudden if that were to happen. Ron, do you uh, look at the AFC picture? Do you think the Ravens, they said 8-5 and five right now, but they, they play the Packers. Now Jimmy Smith's out of that game. Of course, Marlon Humphrey's out of the game, and they got – they, they have nobody left. I mean, they, they're getting to the point where depth means everything. Sammy Watkins on the COVID list for him in that game as well. Packers at the Bengals, Rams, and Steelers. I mean, you look at that game, I look at that stretch, I'm thinking, okay, maybe they win one of those games, which would put them at nine wins. Like, they're, do you actually think the Ravens are in the postseason? I could see them not even making it. Well, this is one of those situations where you're kind of rooting for teams to make it that you know you can, can beat a little more. Um, you know, the AFC North is so wide open. That's the thing. Pittsburgh is still in that division. I, I team like Cleveland with the troubles they've had this year. And it's because of what you mentioned, how tough Baltimore's schedule is. Man, I could I could see this uh, today in, in Baltimore with Green Bay coming in. I could see that being a complete blowout where it's just not even a uh, close game at all um, because of all their injuries and stuff. But, yeah, then they just have tougher games, even if they are healthy, you know, down the stretch. That's going to be tough, but that's where you root for – you know, this, a, a team, if you're the Chiefs fan, a team like the Steelers to win the, the North because, yeah, you know, if you have to play Ben Roethlisberger in the playoffs, you feel a lot better about that than you're playing maybe a Lamar Jackson or even a Joe Burrow or even Baker Mayfield, although that's another situation where, hey, bring Baker on again. I, You know, I, I don't think any anyone's too worried. I know the Browns have a really good roster, and I, and I definitely agree with that. But it's one of those things where, yeah, when you're rooting for who you want to win, just think about who you'd want to play in the playoffs. And I know the Ravens are banged up right now, but if they were to get it all together – Lamar Jackson is still a, a, a much more difficult player to, to defend than a, a Ben Roethlisberger or a uh, you know a Baker Mayfield. So it, it's definitely possible that one of those other teams wins the AFC North all of a sudden, and, and that's a good thing for the Chiefs because that makes it a little easier in the playoffs. Uh, 
to play one of those teams rather than the Ravens. Yeah, with Lamar Jackson kind of banged up now, it kind of takes away what he what he's good at. So I don't know, man. Yeah. It's, it's it's going to be interesting because it doesn't look like he's going to play today. So I don't know, man. These injuries in Cleveland still didn't have a quarterback at this point. Still Mullins uh, lined up to be a starter, I do believe. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> this AFC North was so wide open. It's it just could be anyone. That's why I mentioned Pittsburgh. You know, they're a team that I don't, I don't, I'm not worried about at all. So no. if they were to win, I, I just think that'd be such a great thing for the Chiefs. I just, you know, if they can sneak into the playoffs and become an opponent of the Chiefs, I think that's a, that's a, a great victory. You know, that's just a, a, a big way to get the, you know, help the Chiefs get on their way to the Super Bowl. Ron, always enjoy your, uh, always enjoyed the conversation. Ron Comp, lead analyst over at ArrowheadPride.com. Hear him again Wednesday night at uh, six fifteen, Arrowhead Pride Radio. Thanks a lot, Ron. Yep, appreciate it, Jay. Take care, my friend. Ron Cop, right there, talking about that. But it's, this playoff seating is fun. And again, get a roadmap out of who's playing and who's not. Cleveland may have to go with Mullins. Nick Mullins be the quarterback. Again, that division's wide open. Can the Steelers win it? Again, think you don't fear the Steelers. And of all these teams that are up and coming, which one do you fear the most? Chargers, Broncos, Colts. Like, who's going to be the team for the long haul with this group? Or are they all going to be good? Are they all going to be better? Because the Chiefs lived in this world, you know, has beat the Patriots, get in. Obviously, the Patriots slid down. Now they have Mac Jones. It's a little bit different. The Bills look like to be that team. The Bills look like to be that tough team, and they get a shot at the Patriots. But the Bills were taking those steps. They made it to the AFC title game, and yet here they sit, and they wonder what, what they're doing. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Uh, coming up next, though, a guy just really stamping his case as the greatest of all time. Is he? We'll discuss that next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. But TD wins it. 28-28 time. In overtime, Edwards Hilaire, the running back to the left of Mahomes. Mahomes takes the snap at his right thigh, dumps it over the middle, caught by Kelsey at the 30. Spins back up high, Kelsey at the 15-yard line. Kelsey at the 10-5. Touchdown, Kansas City. In the biggest AFC West game in five years, the Chiefs put the hammer down with a 34-yard touchdown pass. Mahomes to Kelsey. And the Chiefs take a commanding two-game lead in the AFC West with a gutsy, gutsy, gutsy win in overtime. Travis Kelsey playing unbelievable football. And I know he's fighting through the double teams, getting poked and jabbed and everything else. And people say, is Travis Kelsey still the same? Yeah, Travis Kelsey's still the same. Career high, 191 yards the other night. A nice, cool 83 catches, 1,066 yards this year. And seven touchdowns. He's once again over a thousand yards. And this is this is what he does. I mean, you think about Travis Kelsey, you know, 97 catches two years ago, 105 last year, 103 the year before. That's averaging over hundred catches. Uh he'll he'll get there. He'll get to that that hundred uh, catch mark in this year. That's four years hovering around hundred catches per year, but six straight years over a thousand yards. You got to go back to 2016 every single season since then. He's been over 1,000 yards. Why is that significant? No other tight end in the history of the National Football League has had more than three years in a row at 1,000 yards. It's Greg Olson. He did it three times. But even if you want to go back and look at the some of the great tight ends, Tony Gonzalez, Gronk, Jason Witten, only four times in their career did they have over 1,000 yards. Shannon Sharp, only twice in his career, over a thousand yards, and Travis Kelsey's the only one 
to have done that. Six straight. So when you say greatest of all time, is he the greatest of all time? And what's your thought? I know that a lot of people are still Tony G. Tony G, actually, if you want to think about total receiving yards, he sits with 15,127. That's that's a high mark. Jason Witten, 13,046 yards. Gates, 11,841 yards. Shannon Sharp, 9,961. Gronk, he and Kelsey go back and forth, 8,982. Then there's Travis Kelsey, six all-time in yardage, 8,947. Now, it's going to take a lot to get to Tony G's 15,127. I mean, that's going to take a lot. Reception-wise, Travis or Tony Gonzalez, 1,325 catches. Travis Kelsey, 695 catches. And also, Travis Kelsey, touchdowns 55. Tony G, 111. So when you make these comparisons, Tony G is obviously the long haul. And look at all the quarterbacks he's playing with, much different. But for me, Travis Kelsey, when you go six straight years of 1,000 yards, I know he's got a, w- a while to get, to catch Gonzalez if he does in total yards. But to me, that's greatest of all time. Am I am I wrong for thinking that or saying that? I know a lot of people around here are like, yeah, I think it's Kelsey. But again, take ourselves out of Kansas City. What are you saying with, with, with this? And I'm saying, well, the ring helps. He's gone to two Super Bowls. He's got a Super Bowl ring. Obviously, Gronk, you can say the same thing, a couple there. You know, Antonio Gates, certainly a good year, good years, but never had that ring. Shannon Sharp, obviously, has got his rings, and he sits ahead of him, too. But again, never had six straight years of 1,000 yards. To me, that's the mark of consistency. Also, last year, he was second in the NFL in receiving yards. The year before that, he led the AFC in receiving yards. And we're talking as a tight end. I know that we're sitting in an era where you throw the football more. But Travis Kelsey, to me, if you had all these tight ends in their youth, in their prime, which one are you taking? You taking Tony G? You taking Witten? You taking Travis Kelsey? Because I'm taking Travis Kelsey over I, these guys. I take Travis Kelsey too. I mean, he's the one where he's got, it seems like, a little game-breaking athleticism over some of these other guys. You know, sometimes they're more possession-y-ish. And so Travis Kelsey, I mean, he had how many big gains on Thursday? Oh, I'm not sure. Short sharp, he has three 1,000-yard years. Oh, I'm just saying, how many of those other guys are, are going for 70-plus yards a couple different times? Uh, it's just it just his playmaking ability, what he does, the attention on him, the attention to stop him and Tyree Kill. I mean, they work together in tandem. Again, what they're doing, it, they did some historic the other night, 10 catches over 140 yards and a touchdown for both. Never been done um, in the NFL. It's crazy like how good a combination he and Tyree Kill are together. But for me, out of that list, I'd take Travis Kelsey as the tight end. You want consistency in six straight years of 1,000 yards despite being a guy that everybody's going to go for, which this year you've heard about it. It's true. The double teams, all the yanking, the poking that he's dealing with because teams are trying to stop him. But still, over 1,000 yards again. And the 17th game hadn't come into play. It's not like he's doing this on that extra game that we have. He's already got it in the bank way before we even get to that point of having the 17th game. So, yeah, if you want to say that, if you got over the 1,000 yards in that last game, you're saying, well, they had that extra game, that's why I get the 1,000 yards. Well, you can't use that now. You can't say that now because he's already done it. He's already in the clubhouse with that that lead. I digress. But just seeing what he's doing and the amount of tension he's drawing uh, from, from defenders this year and still being able to put up these yards puts Travis Kelsey. And I get it. He's a ways back as far as total yards and catches from being number one all time in both. But he's a surefire Hall of Famer. And to me, 
when you do it six straight times when no one has even done it more than three and you've done double that, that puts you in there as the GOAT at tight end, and that's Travis Kelsey. Coming up next, though, Nick Schwartz uh, from Cody and Gold will join us. We'll do a kind of a Chiefs roundtable here for the next hour where the Chiefs sit. A look at the AFC. A look at the AFC West. Like, who is that team rising in the AFC West that could eventually catch the Chiefs or at least give the Chiefs a run? Chargers almost did it, but were they ready for primetime? we explain next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 